Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. And breaking news here on Cats and Cosby with this huge news coming out that the U.S. State Department is issuing a worldwide caution alert for Americans traveling anywhere in the globe, particularly overseas. This comes also with word that there are multiple reports that Israel has been given the green light to go in for a ground invasion and the military on the ready there in Israel. Well, tonight, probably tonight, because they don't want to do it on Chavez. Yeah, and also President Biden speaking uh, in just a matter of hours, John, so it could be a combination of all those things. Well, let's say if he's speaking at 8 o'clock tonight, President Biden... That's uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, if there's the invasions tonight because they don't want to do it on Chavez, then uh, it'll be in the middle of the invasion. Yeah, which would then be, his, it could be. Speech, he'd be responding to them because they're doing it tonight. By the way, in the studio here, we got oh. some well-dressed uh, people. That By the way, very well-dressed. Everybody's going to Cardinal Dolan's uh, uh, Al Smith dinner tonight. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, we have Ed Cox, 10 years GOP chairman and GOP chairman now, Governor uh, David Patterson, and Craig Eaton, 10 years GOP chair in uh, Brooklyn. And by the way, Brooklyn is a mess, I understand. Well, well, it's not really a mess, John. What happened is on October 6th, the current regime had their convention, and I supported Dmitry Kugel, a young, aggressive entrepreneur, an immigrant, so in other words, an you had an election to change GOP chairs. Well, every, every two years, uh, county committees have to reorganize. And this was the year for reorganization. And uh, uh, Ted Gora, who was the chairman since I left, he's been chairman about six or seven years. He didn't run again. He stepped down a week before. And they put up Richard Barsamian, nice guy. Uh, I just don't think he's the right guy right now for, for chairman. I like Dimitri Kugel. Um, he's an immigrant. Brooklyn is a melting pot. He ran for assembly in 2022, had a lot of support. So... I supported him. The convention wasn't what it should have been. Uh, we believe our candidate was victorious. We filed our certificate with the Board of Elections. They did not. And I think that that might be a critical issue in law because you only had 72 hours to file a list with the state and the city Board of Elections of who your candidates were. And they did not, and we did. So when so, will you find out? That's really interesting. We, we have, you know, we have competing lawsuits. We'll be in court October 30th, and uh, it'll be up to a judge like it was in 2015. But you know, our position is that it was rife with fraud. There were threats made to a lot of the people to sign proxies. They deemed this, they dummied up a proxy, said it was official, and this was the only one they all should sign. So we have some good grounds, I think. And we're hoping that the judge will see it our way and Dimitri will be successful. There, you got to keep us posted. Really yes, interesting. Yes, and, and Ed Cox, too, some interesting stuff on the redistricting. Fill us in on some of the latest uh, there. Absolutely. On redistricting, the uh, one of the judges on the highest court here in New York State, Caitlin Halligan, a good, straightforward judge, dropped out, and no one knows why. Ah, Someone who was involved in the case, she knew very well, and she said that she was conflicted, and she recused herself. Oh, the and plot the, thickens. Uh, yes, and uh, a product of the Bronx machine, uh, led by Speaker Hasty, uh, who is the presiding justice of the First Department, was appointed to substitute. So, By the way, some other breaking news. Uh, rockets and drones hit Iraq base housing uh, U.S. forces. 
Yeah, by the way, that's the second day in a row, John. And what's scary, guys, this is the Al-Assad Air Base. We've got 2,500 U.S. troops and other troops there. And this comes, John, as also the U.S. Navy uh, has uh, gotten some missiles that are coming from the Houthis, which are also Iran base. This is all controlled by Iran. They would never make that attack against the U.S. Air Base. Unless Iran had given the green light. So let's see tonight, guys, if the president of the United States finally calls out Iran. Put on your big boy pants and call out Iran. My goodness. Either that or announcing that the uh, forces are proceeding in... Uh, uh, in uh, yeah, they might be going in. You're yeah. right, John. Abs- and let's go. I understand. we got Newt Gingrich coming on? Absolutely. We've got the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, Newt, so great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. And... You know, I have to – there are so much going on. Uh, what do you think, first off, the president's going to say tonight? And do you think maybe it's going to be in timing with a ground invasion from Israel? Well, I, I have no idea. I think the Israelis have been very methodical. They were slowed down by President Biden coming and by the British prime minister coming. Uh, but at, at some point, I suspect they will move. They've certainly done a great deal to soften up Hamas with airstrikes and have uh, hit uh, Gaza with vastly more airstrikes than we had used, for example, in Fallujah. So uh, presumably uh, they're prepared. Uh, They've also been very patient in part to try to get civilians out of the way, uh, to try to get them to move into southern Gaza, to not be in the major firefight, which will be in northern Gaza. Uh, In terms of what, you know, I thought, I mean, Biden's speeches are pretty good. I think his the things happening behind the scenes aren't nearly as good, and there's not much action attached to him. But my guess is he's going to say uh, the war, we have to defend Israel, we have to defend Ukraine, I need uh, a huge amount of money, uh, the Congress has to get its act together, I'm going to send them up a proposal, and I'm certainly going to ha- hope they're going to pass it pretty quickly. And But, Newt, is he going to finally say more than don't? You know, I, every I, it, it infuriates me that every time all he says – if anyone who wants to interfere, and he's referring, obviously, I would assume, to Iran and some others, but he won't call Iran up, Iran by name. And all he says is if somebody else wants to step in, don't. That doesn't sound very forceful. Well, I, I put uh, nine questions on X today uh, about the speech tonight. I mean, he should mention uh, he should mention Iran. He should demand that Gutter uh, kick out all of the Hamas leadership. They currently have sanctuary and very nice places to live in gutter. Uh, he ought to say the $100 million is not going to go to Gaza until the hostages are released. He should say that uh, if, in fact, Hezbollah uh, launches any major offensive, that the purpose of having two nuclear carrier battle groups in the eastern Mediterranean is to annihilate uh, Hezbollah if that happens. I mean, they're not, they're not just sitting there as postage stamps. Uh, or are they? I mean, this could be like like Barack Obama's famous red line in Syria, which turned out to not exist. Now, either we've sent two major battle groups there with enormous firepower to do something, or we haven't. And uh, there are a lot of things that that Obama that, that Biden could say, uh, but he could also come out and say that he condemns the pro-terrorist members of Congress, all of them in his own party, who have been saying things that are total lies. Um, and who are clearly committed to the destruction of Israel. So there are a number of positive, specific things he could say. He could also repeat that the total 
destruction of Hamas is a legitimate goal. Yeah, you're right. And there there can't be gray. I just hear so much gray, Newt Gingrich, don't you, from this president? Uh, yeah, but look, but if you're the American establishment, you love gray. Uh, you're afraid of the world. You're afraid to use our power. You feel guilt-ridden because, after all, you know, I mean, look at Biden. He's a white male. Imagine the burden of guilt he must carry if you're a left-winger. Uh, who, you know, and so you have all of these people out here who, you know, I mean, the Secretary of State, who's an absurdity, um, and who is being paid a million dollars a year by the University of Pennsylvania, probably with Chinese money, uh, before he became Secretary of State. Uh, I mean, all of these people go, go around wringing their hands. There are times in life when you have to win, and you have to win at any cost. Uh, that's how we won the Civil War. That's how we won World War II. Uh, we have flinched ever since. Uh, when you flinch in war, you lose. Uh, and the, the Israelis now have had such a terrible event with such terrible atrocities. You know, I don't want to hear anybody. This is why I'm so angry at the pro-terrorist members of Congress. I mean, how can you do, look at 40 babies being killed, some of them being beheaded, and not be enraged? Uh, and, and I don't want to see a penny go to Gaza until the, all the hostages, not just Americans, all the hostages are released. Uh, this is this is nonsense to think that we're somehow we're going to make it easy for the people of Gaza while Hamas is is engaged in terrible terrorism. Ed Cox, I agree completely, and particularly take a look at Biden and the Ukraine. He doled it out piece by piece by piece. Still, they don't have the Abrams tanks. They don't have the F-16s. If he had given everything they wanted right at the start, Russia would be defeated. Putin would be out, the Russia would be coming to the West, and we would be no, better off with respect to the China. The biggest problem is we're, we're using American money. You know how we're using American money? Because Iran is producing 3,400,000 barrels a day now, and they're only under allowed 400,000 barrels. So how did they go from 400 to 3,400,000? That's $2 billion a week. He loosened the sanctions. He loosened loosened Biden loosened the sanctions. And Russia got all the money for the Ukraine war and the Wagner group from American dollars because we allowed the oil to go up to $90, $100. And, John, we're cutting off our supply here. I mean, let's not talk about how much it's a debt sentence here. The American people are paying the the money. The American people are getting poorer. And the, the money goes to Russia for their war, and it goes to Iran for their war. Newt? Well, look, I, I, you're outlining exactly the insanity we're in the middle of. Yeah. Uh, you, you, have a, you have a president and an administration that was desperate to prop up Iran, that refuses to confront the degree of terrorism that the Iranians finance, and that has been, I think, a nightmare for the world. Uh, and and uh, we'll see what what Biden says tonight. But I, I I'll be very surprised uh, if he has the courage to say the things that I just outlined. Partly because they don't believe it. They don't want a strong America. They they don't they believe America is dangerous. And and we underestimate. I'm, I'm writing a whole series now for the American Spectator on the origins of the crisis we're now in. And you go you can all go all the way back to World War II and the Soviet agents who had penetrated the American government and come up through the rise of the weathermen and the new left and what have you, 
And what you find is that there's a track of left-wingism to Hillary Clinton, to Barack Obama, to Joe Biden, and an even more radical track to the people around them. And these people actually believe in a world in which Israel ceases to exist. They believe in a world in which America is submerged because it is a guilt-ridden country uh, colonized by Europeans, uh, etc. I mean, you, you have to read their material and understand how, how far out they are compared to the rest of us. Note, before we uh, break, uh, any of your predictions, what the heck is going on in Congress? No, I was surprised. As you know, I, I, I thought that uh, putting McHenry in until January to let things calm down was the right thing. He ran into a substantial amount of opposition in the in the House conference. Uh, I hope that uh, we are going to have this get, get solved, uh, that Jim Jordan can win. I'm not sure he can win. And at that point, I think they have a real problem. And I'll tell you, uh, I think that the eight traitors who did this, uh, ab- starting with Gates, absolutely owned this. They, they, they sided against 96% of their own conference with the Democrats. They had no idea what part two was. And there's a 50-50 chance they're going to end up with a handful of exhausted Republicans siding with the Democrats and creating a coalition government that will be a total disaster. And well, the burden of this ought to go right back on those eight people for being so totally irresponsible. No, I'm still supporting Kevin uh, because I really think he can make a comeback, and I think he can get some uh, uh, a couple of votes if he needs it. Well, I think he's the one person who could do this, and the question is when do they wake up and realize that? And frankly, if you're going to have any hope of keeping the majority next year, he's the one person who can campaign and raise the money and make it happen. Newt Gingrich, thank you so much. Uh, And uh, keep praying for America. And me and you are going to go after those eight guys. Good. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I understand uh, you have Congressman uh, Lawler now. Yep, we've got Congressman Mike Lawler. Uh, Congressman, uh, first off, we want to get to Israel, but anything update on the uh, speaker's race? Well, I just want to echo what Speaker Gingrich just said, which is what I've said from the very beginning. Uh, First of all, we would not be in this mess, but for the eight Republicans, uh, starting with Matt Gaetz, who teamed up with 208 Democrats, including AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff and Hakeem Jeffries to remove the Republican speaker. And as a result, the House has been in paralysis and chaos. Uh, for over two weeks. So they are this. you close? They created this mess. Where? And uh, no, we're not. And, you know, look, I said to Jim on Friday, if he had the votes, I'd be there. Uh, but he doesn't have the votes. And the conference is extremely divided, extremely frustrated. Uh, and, you know, that's why I think it is so imperative, as Speaker Gingrich said, to allow Patrick McHenry uh, the authority to to serve temporarily as speaker so we can focus on the work of the American people while we work this out. But the only person that is able to do this job is Kevin McCarthy, and he never should have been removed in the first place. And, you know, for, for the folks in New York uh, and folks in my district, and I know they're frustrated. I know they're ang- some folks are angry at me over over not supporting Jim Jordan on the floor. Um, Kevin McCarthy is the reason we have a House Republican majority. He invested in New York. He believed in New York. He knew New York was the pathway forward. 
Ed Cox, John Faso, they fought to get us a fair set of maps. Lee Zeldin ran a strong campaign on top of the ticket. But if we didn't have the support of Kevin McCarthy, we wouldn't have won these seats. And folks have to understand, if we are going to be able to maintain control of the House of Representatives, it matters who is the speaker. And it matters what happens in New York. We have to be able to win these seats in New York. And this chaos uh, brought to us by Matt Gates uh, has has made it very, very difficult. Mike, Ed and Cox here. Totally you are absolutely you are absolutely right. We got seven seats at risk here. And uh, unless this chaos ends it quickly and we get the right person as speaker, whoever is going to be speaker, it's going to be a very short tenure. Well, me and Newt Gingrich, uh, we had a big, long discussion because those people are bad people, those eight people, and we're going to make sure they don't survive. They need to be taken to task for what they did. Absolutely. Mike, this is Craig They're Eaton. bad people. Uh, you're doing a Craig great Eaton. job, Dan. You know, and I remember when we were in the trenches with Chairman Cox when you were the executive director here in New York. This and, is not Craig Eaton talking, you know Congressman. What? You know what? Hey, I mean, you're, you're fighting the good fight. I'm so proud of you and all that you're doing to preserve and protect us and all well, the American I, citizens. I, I appreciate it. You know, I've, I've been called a lot of things, and certainly in the last 48 hours, you know, a lot of people calling me a rhino. I've spent my whole career electing conservative Republicans to office. I believe in our party. I believe in the cause. Uh, but we need to govern. Uh, and, and this uh, situation is absolutely an abomination. It never should have happened. It is the single stupidest thing I've ever seen in politics in my life. Uh, and these eight folks, uh, starting with Matt Gates, teamed up with 208 Democrats to create this chaos. And people need to re- understand that. And, and so getting out of this mess is very difficult. It's easy to get into something. It's very hard to get out of it. And that's why we opposed a shutdown, because getting out of a shutdown would have been a, a total disaster. And uh, Congress would have made that as painful as possible. And Congressman Mike Lawler, um, before we let you go, I want to get your thoughts, because tonight we're going to hear from the president of the United States. He's doing an Oval Office address. Uh, obviously, he's going to try to make the case for funds for Israel, for Ukraine. We're hearing he might even touch on border, which would be an epiphany for him. Or Israel Uh, might be uh, invading at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, As John's saying, there are a lot of reports out there saying it is very eminent that there has been a green light given to the Israeli army. Uh, So it could happen at any moment. Uh, What do you want to hear from the president of the United States? What does he need to say? And and I say he needs to get a spine on Israel. I mean, in terms of supporting them clearly and going after Iran and name Iran. You you have members of Congress promulgating a lie that Israel bombed a hospital. It is disgusting. It is shameful. uh, And it is everything that is wrong uh, with our politics today. We need to stand shoulder to shoulder with Israel. There can be no daylight. The president needs to be very clear and very firm that Israel has a right to defend itself. We will stand by them. We will support them. Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terrorism. They use Hamas and Hezbollah as proxies in their war to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They do not believe they have a right to exist. That is why this terrorist attack occurred. And we need to be resolute in our opposition to Iran. That's why I have a bill uh, today before the House Foreign Affairs Committee, the SHIP Act, that would impose sanctions uh, on China and other uh, purchasers of Iranian petroleum, which is their biggest source of funding for terrorism. We need to be cracking down 
on Iran, on Hamas, on Hezbollah. And we cannot allow members of Congress like Rashida Tlaib to promulgate these lies and 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 uh, support uh, terrorist organizations like Hamas uh, when, in fact, it is they who are using the Palestinian people as shields, as human shields. They are the oppressor in Palestine, in in the West Bank and Gaza, not Israel. I agree. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Mike Lawler. We have to take a hard break right now, and we'll t- catch up with you s- as soon, Mike. Thank, thank you, you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we got a tidbit. Uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott was in the studio today, and uh, I'm going to be playing him on the Cats Roundtable on Sunday. But we have a little tidbit for you, and uh, stay tuned. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Now we have Senator Tim Scott, who is running for President of the United States, with a little bit tidbit from uh, from the full uh Interview that's going to air on Sunday on uh, the Cats Roundtable at between 9 and 10. And uh, let's go to that tidbit. With us today is Senator Tim Scott. He's serving as a junior senator uh, at uh, South Carolina, but he's running for the president of the United States. Uh, welcome to New York, uh, uh, Senator Scott. John, so good to be with you again. Thank you so much for all you've done for our nation, for politics, but more importantly, the business acumen that we just walked through, talked through, and had a chance to experience. Uh, tell us, you've been on the presidential uh, uh, trail now for, uh, oh, wow, six months at least? Yes, basically. And uh, what is your experience going around the country? You know, one of the things I'll say, John, that I've learned around the country is that people are hungry for an optimistic, positive message that's anchored in consistently conservative principles. We are working towards seeing that the American dream is alive and it is well, healthy. Whether you're in the inner city of Chicago or the rural parts of Iowa, people really want to know that the American dream works for them. And you have a fantastic story about how it worked for you. We need that story all across the country so that we're restoring hope and creating opportunities in the free market system that makes so much possible. Senator, our country is under attack in so many directions, uh, economics, borders, uh, fentanyl, our universities uh, uh, being influenced by a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yes. What would you rate, if you were president of the United States, what would you rate your number one you say, if I'm president, I'm going to go in there and fix it day one. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest issue that we have may not be an actual issue. It is the drug of victimhood and the narcotic of despair is spreading throughout our country and is impacting every single issue that you just talked about. Let me just hit a couple of them really quickly. Number one, from a foreign policy standpoint, the one thing that we must distinguish ourselves from is the world that we're seeing in the Middle East. We need to be standing shoulder to shoulder and back to back with no daylight with Israel. We're seeing the devastation and the human carnage brought to the Jewish people by Hamas. We have to be very, very clear that we stand with Israel. But the drug of victimhood here at home is a big problem. We see it in the spread of socialism in our really big blue cities. We see it with overdoses in rural America, big city crime. That 
in part comes from this notion that someone somewhere besides yourself owes you something. We can beat that by having free markets and capitalism plus personal responsibility restore the city on the hill. We must be at our best to win this war of uh, grievance in our nation. There are people who believe that grievance is our future. John, you and I, our life stories tell us that greatness is in our future. Wow, what a great discussion. And the whole thing, John, is going to be on the Cats Roundtable on Sunday. Uh, presidential candidate Tim Scott. Well, uh, he he is very nice. We, Me and him had a lot of similarities. We both grew up in the poor side of town. and uh, You know why I like him? Because I went to University of South Carolina. Wow. And he's a South Carolina guy, so so that's a good thing. So. Well, why don't we take a break, and uh, at, uh, right after the break, uh, we have who? General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor, also with President Trump and Pence. He's going to talk about what could be a ground invasion by Israel at any moment. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Again, the latest word is that there could be a ground invasion by Israel into Gaza at any moment. There are reports that Israel has been, quote, the Israeli army given the green light. This comes as there are reports that there are still 11 Americans missing, 32 killed, and now a third warship is en route to the region. This also comes, by the way, there are attacks at Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq, in Iraq. That is an American air base there that we share with other troops around the globe. Uh, drones and also strikes coming towards that direction. And also new word that the Houthis in Yemen, which are also backed by uh, Iran, that they have been firing at a U.S. Navy ship. So a lot of activity around the globe. And joining us now is General Keith Kellogg. He was National Security Advisor to then Vice President Pence and also advised President Trump on national security matters. General, uh, we are so happy to have you here. This I can't think of the higher stakes right now and the precipice that we may be on and certainly Israel is on. Uh, your thoughts about just what Israel uh, may be about to do in a matter of hours uh, we saw General Petraeus calling it maybe a Mogadishu, that this could be very difficult if they go and do a ground invasion. Yeah, Rita, well, thanks for having me. And yeah, you're right. It's going to be it's going to be tough. Look, I will tell you from a military perspective, um, a ground fight in a city is really, really hard to do because you're fighting three dimensional. You're fighting buildings, multi-stories. You're fighting ground level and then you're also fighting subterranean me, me, tunnels. But they're going to have to go in and do it because this is actually, with Hamas, it's an existential fight uh, for the Israelis. You know, people need to remember, and you just made that comment, 32 Americans have been killed by Hamas and over a dozen are currently missing. Uh, And we're kind of into this fight. And Hamas has said in their written charter that they plan on destroying Israel, the the Jewish state. Uh, That's in there. So it's an existential fight now for the Israelis, and they're going to have to go in and figure out how to to solve that problem, eliminate the Hamas leadership, at the same time watching out that that they don't cause a lot of civilian damage and casualties, and there there will be because that's collateral damage, and you'll see it. And when when you get into a fight like this, you have to go back what they did in 2014. 
stay the Israelis when they went into Gaza. And, and it was a tough fight, and they fight by the rules of land warfare, and Hamas doesn't. I mean, Hamas's headquarters in 2014 war, war was uh, in the Al-Shifa hospital. So it's going to be a, a tough fight. They're probably going to go in. And what I think our role in the United States is, with our warships sitting off the off the coast on the in Eastern Med, we need to remind Iran, don't get involved and make sure Hezbollah doesn't do something stupid by coming south because Iran's got their fingers both on Hamas and Hezbollah as well. And they're the ones who, who are causing those drone attacks to happen at Al-Assad Air Base uh, in or in uh in, in Iraq right now. So it's going to be a big fight. And, you know, there's now two major wars brewing in the world, one Ukraine-Russia and one in the Middle East. We're a proxy to one, Ukraine-Russia, and we're actually involved and we should be involved in this one. So it's going to be a messy few weeks ahead of us. Wow. I, and we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg with us, General Keith Kellogg. General, it's good to talk to you again, sir. What concerns me is that when Iran says death to Israel, death to America, and people do not take that seriously, and in fact it's part of their charter and that's part of their whole culture to destroy not just Israel, but Israel's seen as the ally of America, and they want to come after us too. Now, we've sent the warships, we sent the uh, aircraft carriers to strategic positions in the water there, but we can't let them just sit there and do nothing. If Hezbollah moves in, don't you believe there's an obligation on the part of the United States to engage and to protect uh, Israel? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's essential we do it. But that's going to be up to the commander-in-chief. I mean, they can't lose the force unless the commander-in-chief says so. And I think he needs to say that tonight. When he, when he is on television tonight talking to the American people, he has to make it very, very clear that there is potential for military use uh, here in the next 24, 48, 72 hours. And let everybody know that. And it's going to be directed at both either Hezbollah or it's going to be directed at Iran as well. Because Iran's got their fingerprints on all of this. You know, and you made that comment. In their parliament, they chanted, death to Israel, death to the United States. You know, what Golda Meir say years ago, if somebody says they intend to kill you, believe them. Well, we should understand that. And the president is going to have to react. But again, it's, that's why he's commander in chief. He, you know, he gets paid the big bucks for, under Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution as being a commander-in-chief, and now he has to show it. Uh, Craig Eaton, you've got a question for General Kellogg. Yeah, General, first, thank you for your service to this great country. But, you know, I mean, the president is weak. The countries look at us as weak. And, you know, with a Trump White House, we wouldn't have had half of the attacks that we're having and half of these problems that we're seeing. But our big concern, I mean, we were talking weeks ago when there was the exchange of hostages and that $6 billion dollars. And, and we can't believe that there is no correlation between the fact that we released $6 billion and now these attacks took place. What's your thought? Sure, I think you're absolutely right. Look, there's a correlation of effects here. What the Biden administration is trying to do and has tried to do, and we did not in the Trump administration, was normalization of relations with Iran, who's the greatest sponsor of terrorism in the world today. You can't do that because if they see that, they, the Iranians, they say, well, it just shows the Americans really don't care. They're kind of weak. We're going to go back to what we did in 2014, 2011, back in those days. They didn't do it under the Trump administration because they knew we'd react quite forcefully. And, you know, if anybody doubts that, pick up the phone and call al-Baghdadi from ISIS or call Soleimani from uh, the Quds Force in Iran. Both of those phone numbers are disconnected right now. 
And we prove that and by use of force, and they respect that. And that whole neighborhood, and it's a tough neighborhood in the Middle East, they respect the use of force, and this administration has not done it. And we're paying the price for it, unfortunately. And, and that's what I was going to say, you know, General Kellogg. Have we lost our leverage where it's almost, in a sense, sadly, a very hard to get it back? Because he hasn't come in. And all he keeps saying, he won't even call, you know, he won't even call Iran by name. He keeps saying, if somebody wants to kind of interfere, uh, don't. That's all he says. He doesn't even sound forceful in the don't. And then he doesn't even call them by name. Uh, have How... How, uh, and I don't expect him, sadly, tonight to change his tune. Yeah, Rita, that concerns me as well. You have to establish presence and and respect. And we did that, by the way, first in when we were in the last administration. We did that when Syria used nerve gas on their own civilians. We didn't have anything to do with that. But we went in and used T-Land missiles on them because we said they crossed the, nor- the, uh, you know, the, the bands of normalcy there. And we did it. We set up a clear path that we weren't going to tolerate events like that. And right now, this administration tolerates it. And the only way you get that back is if you react forcefully. So in other words, what I'm saying, if something happened and they went in and Hezbollah went forward and we put T-Lambs in the backyard of the Supreme Leader of Iran, that'd get their attention. But if you don't do something that hard, that drastic, nothing's going to change. And they're going to keep attacking. But we're being brought into this conflict now, obviously, and I don't know how we get out of it. I mean, it, it's it's too late. If we had someone else in the White House right now, none of this would have happened. But now that we're brought in, we have, you know, our our. Uh... Yeah. How do you we're, we're basically being pulled in. And I think of also, you know, what Ed Cox was saying earlier, Craig Eaton, about this drip, drip, drip. Look at the way he's handled even yeah. Ukraine. Um, you know, we've talked about that on the show. So do we have faith a, that we are being pulled in. I don't have faith that he would handle it once we're pulled in if that happens. And how about the fact that we left all our tanks and all our munitions there, which is what these terrorists are using now? Um, I mean, it's it's just a disgrace from, from day one. Yeah, the Afghan was so many, There were so many errors made by the president and the White House. And we're paying, the American people are paying the price right now. Yeah, and it, and people are nervous, too. I'm uh, nervous. You know, I'm nervous. I, I think so. You know, uh, Craig, a, a, as we're talking, it is. It's a really scary time. And General Kellogg, the, the world is really nervous. I sit there. And, and you know what this means. I've been over to the Middle East. Uh, you know, you and I have talked a lot of times before. You've been there right on the front lines, General. And we're seeing them burning the American flag right now, right in front of the U.S. Embassy in Beirut. And, and Tunis, Tunisia, there, there were thousands upon thousands of people out there. Uh, the, the, there's this angry furor, and it's, it's a really scary time. General, I have another question for you. We, we, we just opened up our borders. We've been letting all of these people in. Uh, we haven't vetted them. I understand there's thousands of people that have come in that might be terrorists, that some of them are on the watch list. I mean, isn't that disturbing and, and frustrating for you as well? Well, I think it's more than disturbing. It's the fact that we've let, we, we do have open borders. Don't let anybody say we don't have it. Yeah. They, they are, and they've come in with no vetting. And let's just say, you know, Let's just say they've had over a million come in. If just one percent, one percent of those are bad actors, you've got a major problem with terrorists. And and I think a lot of people have come in that are bad actors. There are a lot of military aged men that have come in, and because they've let those borders become open, I think down the line we're going to find that to be could be very very problematic for us. And that we just have to understand that. And that's the frustration is not only do we not control our own borders, but we really haven't controlled anything. 
and this administration has done it. And, you know, I, and going back to what Rita said a minute ago, I think the reason I'm concerned is when you get a nationwide, uh, actually a worldwide uh, statement by the Department of State about travel advisories, that's saying something. That means everybody needs to be on watch as we travel throughout the world. Because they're hearing yeah. things. They're, they're hearing all the chatter. So they obviously have a lot more information that they're letting out to the public. So they're giving these this advice to us, which is scary. Yeah, very it is scary. scary. About what we don't know what they're hearing, but that's very scary. And and what scares me too, and and general related to that, here we have we've done this deal with Iran, where essentially we paid the six billion dollars, even though they claim, oh, it's never going to be moved, or it's for, for humanitarian, you know, all that blah blah, right? But there it is, the six million dollars, uh, six billion dollars, yeah, yeah. and it was five for five. They've said, okay, we'll we'll basically pay an X amount on a hostage. They put a target they on put everybody's a, back. Exactly. They Every put a bullseye. Every American, wherever you are, has a target on your back. That's why it's so concerning, don't you think, General? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, that's you know, that's currently the world we live in because I think there's been a lack of respect and a lack of force uh, by this administration, and we're now paying the price for it. It's not that they're not they're not paying the price for it. The American citizens are, and. You know, there's 30 dead Americans in Israel right now because we let this thing get out of control. And it, it, it comes back to this administration. Don't let anybody kid you about it. You know, I was told they were going to bring adults back in the room. Well, I would think they're more like, let's just say, kids in the sandbox. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see what the president says tonight. General Keith Kellogg, thank you. And as Craig said, thank you so much for your service. We love and appreciate your insight, too. God bless thank you. you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you Thank so you. much. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, we've got Hindi Pupko. She is with the senior, she's the senior vice president, uh, with the UJA, of course, the big uh, Jewish association doing so much to help those in Israel. Uh, she is with community strategy and also external relations. Um, Hindi, thank you so much for being here. And I can't imagine just how complex it is to get work and and to get folks over there. There's such an incredible need from a humanitarian perspective. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for focusing on this important issue. We've all been working 24-7, appropriately so. And what's been astounding is the response of not just the Jewish community, but New Yorkers of all good conscience. We have raised over $90 million, and we've already sent over $27 million directly to Israel, to hospitals, to relocate the southern border communities, to help families who have lost loved ones, who have loved ones being held hostage in Gaza. So we are appropriately working around the clock, but have been completely gratified by the response of our fellow New Yorkers. Wow. And everybody, we're talking to Hindi Popko, of course, with the UJA. Uh, that's an amazing amount of outpouring. Um, uh, how just uh, vast is this and how difficult is this compared to anything you've done before? Because and especially now, as we're hearing, you know, there may be uh, an invasion uh, imminently by Israel. Uh, the need is going to be great. This is, you know, this is going to be a long uh, effort by Israel, a long war, it looks like. So the need is going yes. to be so tremendous. Honestly, I've been in this business a long time. Nothing that we've been through before compares to this. And that's on every level. I mean, I just saw my colleague who leads the Brooklyn College Hill, and I said, how are you doing? And she said, whatever we thought was bad before, we had no idea. And I said, that, that is exactly the feeling, that whatever we thought could go wrong, um, what terrible tragedies we've seen happen before, 
This is incomparable, both in terms of the loss of life, the human toll. Um, my brother who lives in Israel, nothing, nothing that he's ever experienced is like this. It, it is, everything is closed. The kids are home. Nothing is normal for any Israeli. It is a communal shiva, as we say, a mourning period. Um, and that's not to say anything about what our young people are experiencing on social media, how lonely some of our community members feel right now um, when people around them don't acknowledge what's really going on and who's really to blame. So on every level, this is completely unprecedented. And real quick, we just have literally a few seconds left. But, Hindi, how can people help? Because I know a lot of our listeners may want to help out there. Thank you. Please, please speak up with moral clarity. It is critical that we continue to remind the world that Hamas is a terrorist organization that committed unspeakable, unspeakable horrors against the Israeli people and the Jewish people. And we need there is no equivalency to stand up for the Jewish people right now. We, of course, are pained by the loss of all human life on all sides without saying. And at the same time, we need to unequivocally condemn Hamas immediately and in no uncertain terms. Yeah, 1000 percent. Bravo to all the great work you're doing, uh, Hindi. I'm a big fan of the UJA. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And everybody, much more ahead on Cats and Cosby. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the border. Apparently, uh, Joe Biden's going to address it tonight. I can't wait for that. We're going to talk about a lot more after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We continue here. We also have in the studio Judge Richard Weinberg and also former Brooklyn County Chair for the GOP, uh, Craig Eaton. Um, guys, this is amazing. It's just crossing now that one of the topics that President Biden is going to speak about tonight is the border. And I had to think, what is he going to say on the border? What, I've left it wide open and I've had... Uh, seven million people come through, Craig. It, it, it is clearly wide open. I mean, there's nothing stopping these people from coming in. They're not vetting them to see if they're terrorists. They're not checking to see if they have diseases. I mean, we were talking about all those diseases now people are getting in Florida and other states. I'm worried I mean, about the terror uh, threats. Uh, no, I, but well, it's crazy. I mean, how many people? The fentanyl, are they saying? the fentanyl, the cartel activity, the human trafficking. It's absolutely awful. Look, let's, let's face it. The first obligation of the President of the United States is to uh, protect and defend this country in terms of its national security. When you have an open border, you fail in that obligation. This president has failed this country. He has dismally. failed. Yes, he he has failed this country. And, I, I feel and, like I hate to use this phrase, but we were saying this. Yet, I feel like so many of these policies that John was talking about earlier, too, where he was referring to uh, what's happened with the lack of enforcement of the oil sanctions – Think about the funding that we're giving to Iran by allowing them to sell oil to Russia and China. Right. They're buying their arms. Look at what's happening in Ukraine. Same thing with Russia. Uh, and yet they're clamping down on energy here. That's one issue. That to me, that has put us in such jeopardy in the world as we get. And the border, Judge, to your point, because to have a wide open border. We, we are, when you have we are in people, such trouble here. We are. In New York City, we're in trouble. All the, all the migrants came in, right? And only a small amount of them have applied for work permits. Yeah, two thousand. So, so two thousand out of a hundred and yes. Yeah, so, well, you know, but I, I have to, I have to cite my objection to this. You know what the problem is? The New York City Council, run by the progressive faction, passed a law, which was rejected by a Supreme Court justice, is now on appeal, which would give people the right to vote. 
and, and the standard to get the right to vote is the working permit. So you have to be careful what you wish for because of that. Oh, I'm not if wishing that, for if that it. that law is upheld, that law is upheld, and they get working permits, then they all they, these but, people but, but, who have no commitment to this country, no commitment at all to the United States of America, its values, its culture, its history, its institutions, they get to vote, and they get to run the city of New York. So and, be and, very and, careful about what we wish for. By the way, that's a good point. My point is not that I want them to work. My point is that the whole guys of many people saying, oh, we should get them here in the city. They want to work. They want to be doing these things. They want to contribute. The fact that only 2,000 have applied, what does that say to you about their willingness of why they're coming to this country? But, but you know, my opinion, my opinion is that the, the president and, and our governor and our mayor are allowing them to come here, and their goal is to get them to be able to vote. So they have a whole new block of people that are going to say, hey, the governor and the mayor brought me here, so I'm obviously going to vote for them let's, again. Let's oh, be, absolutely. That's let's their be clear. Let's be clear. There is no such thing as a sanctuary city. There is no such thing as a sanctuary state. The obligation of local government and state government to enforce and work with the federal immigration authorities, federal immigration law, and they've abdicated their responsibility. So let me ask you, Judge, what do you think this president's going to say tonight? You're a Democrat. What, what do you think? You're a common sense Democrat. What do you think he's going to say about border at a time where we are worried about what's going on in think, Israel and everything else? I think he'll say he likes chocolate ice cream like he did on, on that one day. Or he'll a few start talking ago. about his kitchen fire um, and compare uh, that to what's going on in Israel. That's what he did in Maui. You know, know, I, I, mean, a, I, have a I have a question for the judge. Can't the city come in? Because you were involved in city government for many, many years with Speaker Vallone. Can't the city come in and give them temporary work permits, which wouldn't entitle them to have the right to vote, just so that we can get them off the streets? Because, you know, it, it's going to get cold. Where are these people going to go if they're not earning a living and making money? What are they going to do? Well, Judge? I, th- I think the work permits are going to be coming out of the out of the state law, not not city law. Okay. If it comes out of that. And uh, I'm sure that the, uh, the far-left legislature, which is controlled by the progressives, be happy to, uh, to try to accommodate them. And speaking of far-left, I, I have to call out uh, the Democratic Socialists because Mike Lawler, who was on earlier in the show, talked about Rashida Tlaib and these people. She knows right now all the evidence is pointing to the Islamic Jihad being responsible uh, for that errant rocket people, that ended this, up at the hospital squad, in Gaza. This squad, and I tell you, as a House Democrat, this squad is pro-Hamas. It, it's they shameful. Have no moral conscience. You know what I worry about, Judge, though, and Craig, what I worry so much is that people around the world that are burning our flag right now are yep. seeing that and going, look, a member of Congress is saying this. That's bad. These people That's are bad. shameful and they have no business being in the United States Congress. Craig Eaton? You know, I just got a text from a friend of mine. He said, the only thing evil understands is violence. And, and uh, Joe, you're right. But the problem with that is, you know, we don't want violence. No, we don't. But, but we, we want strength. But if, we want we strength. strength. But let's be clear. Let's be very, very clear. When the other side is at war with you, you better wake up if they're at war with you. Yeah. We, we don't want war, but they want the war. Yeah, and, and you've and you got to be clear and firm. So, everybody, what, what do we, we stand, stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and, and the American way. way. God bless America. God bless Israel. And, God bless you. And everyone listening tonight, let's see what he has to say.